All right, guys, thanks. Thanks for leading us in worship. And I think that's our prayer, that we see God's glory when we gather here, when we come to sing songs of praise, when we pray together, when we sit before the Word, and we come and gather. So if you've been here with us for this month, we've been doing this sermon series called Let's Talk, and it's been focusing on how do we grow as a people in prayer. We're pretty good at getting stuff done ourselves. We're pretty good at getting something done if we want to get it done. And we've gone to school, work hard, kind of know how to do that. But this month has been drawing us to deepen and encourage us in the whole arena of prayer. And that's what we've been focusing on. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been focusing on praying for ourselves. It's usually where our prayers begin. And then it's expanded to the people that we love, people that are right around us, our prayers for other people. And then last week, we looked at prayers for the church. And then today, we're going to look at praying for the world. Now, if you haven't had a chance yet to come and see what these uh, boards are on the side, Every week, we have an opportunity to write down some of our prayers. That's just another activity. It's another way that we can pray, is to write our prayers down. And these are the prayers of our church. People have been writing down on their bulletin and tearing it off, dropping it in the offering basket. We wouldn't put these up here. If you haven't had a chance yet to see and to walk by and read some of these prayers, I'd really encourage you to do that. And let these prayers of our church just encourage you to pray, to continue to pray for this, uh, for this month, for the things that God has put on your heart. We've been calling this series Let's Talk because we wanted to underline that prayer is conversational. It's between, it's between you and God. You don't have to pray any particular kind of way. There's kind of a famous saying that says, pray as you can, not as you ought, which means pray as you can. Talk with God, because that's the essence of prayer. You, who you are, and your heart, and what's true, bringing yourself before God and being in God's presence. Now, today's emphasis is to pray for the world. And on first pass, praying for the world can seem really overwhelming. I mean, there's so many things going on in the world. And there's so much to pray about. When you think about it, wow, praying for the world. It might feel like it's a little bit discouraging. If you've ever spent time praying for something, sometimes praying for something for a long period of time, Sometimes that even feels discouraging. Sometimes that even feels overwhelming. One of the prayers on our prayer board, it's the one in the upper left-hand corner. You may not be able to see it from where you're sitting, but it's a prayer for Ebola. What's going on in sub-Saharan Africa, in the Liberia region? God, we pray for what's going on in the Ebola crisis. And sometimes when when we pray those big prayers, God, pray for the workers that are there. Pray for the hospitals that are there. God, pray. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming. 
we can feel overwhelmed by the enormity of the situation. If you've ever prayed and you feel even a bit like, oh, I don't know, because it feels so big, or man, it feels like I've been praying about this a long time, and God, are you ever going to really show up? If you've ever felt that way, then you're actually in very good company. Because even the followers of Jesus Christ have sometimes felt discouraged even when they've been praying. Even the followers of Jesus Christ in the first century with Jesus, they also faced challenges of praying about things that were bigger than them and they felt discouraged. We're going to look at a passage today where Jesus talks about praying but he specifically talks about praying with his disciples so that they would be encouraged to continue on and pray and to not lose heart. I think this endurance in prayer is such an important aspect. And it's an important aspect, especially as we pray for the world and the big things that are going on. See, Jesus is going to tell a parable. We're going to look at that. And Jesus tells this parable to say, don't give up on prayer. Don't lose heart. It might seem big. It might seem a long time in coming. But be courageous. Be of good cheer. Don't lose heart. If you have your Bibles with you, let me encourage you to open up to Luke chapter 18. And this is verses 1 through 8. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. This is Jesus telling a parable, a story, a teaching story for his disciples, particularly around prayer. There's going to be a couple of people in it. There's going to be a widow. We're going to look at the widow. And then there's going to be a judge. And this is what Jesus says. And he, Jesus, told them, the disciples, a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And he said, In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, and this is the judge talking, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And then Jesus gives an interpretation of this parable. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is a very short parable of Jesus, but it can be a little bit confusing. There can be a lot of different pieces. What is this? What is Jesus teaching about this with the widow and the, and the unrighteous judge? So I'm going to go through with this message and basically cover three things. We're going to learn something from the widow. We're going to learn something from the judge. 
And then I'm going to close with these practical ways that we can pray for the world. We're going to look at the widow, the judge, and then how do we pray uh, for the world. So I'm going to unpack this parable a little bit just so we can understand what Jesus is trying to teach about prayer. In the first century, you have to remember that in the Middle East, it was a male-dominated society, and so this widow, she would be without power in her in her cultural context. And because she doesn't have a husband, she doesn't have anyone to advocate for her. Her husband has died. And this is just radical in that culture because the men were always supposed to advocate. The men were the ones in power. And for a woman, and especially a widow, to come and advocate, it'd be like, wow, that's completely unheard of. It just says... uh, wow, she's really without anyone to look out for her. In that time in the first century, widows were even a sign and representative of victims of injustice. They were easy to exploit because they didn't have a husband or a man to watch over them. It's a little bit like today that elders in our culture tend to be a little bit more victims of scams than some of the younger people. But this woman, especially elderly and alone, was particularly a symbol of injustice. Now today, um, I had an experience, a little bit of a scam, um, and uh, I got a call on my cell phone. And I thought, oh, this is, this is kind of interesting, like an unknown number. So being a pastor and being kind of friendly, I'm like, oh, it's an unknown number. I'm going to pick it up. And I'm probably, I don't know, you guys are probably really wise and go, oh, unknown number, not in my contacts, I'm not going to answer it. But I answered it. And the phone call went a little bit like this. Hello? This is the IRS calling. (laughs) You owe money from uh, incorrect tax, uh, tax forms that you filed in years past. You are in big trouble. You owe all this money. If you don't pay this money within the next hour, people are going to come by and arrest you. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm going to get arrested by the IRS. I, I just see the headlines now, right? It's like, pastor of GRX gets arrested, tax fraud. So I'm like, this is kind of, this feels like a scam to me. And I'm like, oh, check this out. So what do I do when I think there's a scam? So what everybody does, right? You, you, you go online, you search for it. And I started searching for this. And I discovered that, yes, this is pretty common. People call you on your number, and they say, IRS is going to come, and you got to bring a whole bunch of unmarked gift cards to this location, pay off this IRS agent in this behind the gas station, and then you're all good. But as I kept reading, and they have people like, that's a total scam. Don't go, don't go. But I kept reading and reading and reading, and what I discovered was that people said, oh, yeah, my elderly parents got a call like this and they rushed out and they gave this guy a bunch of money my mom who's a widow she's all by herself she got a call like this she got really scared and then she went out and met this guy and gave him a bunch of money and i'm like oh man in our time right some of the elderly are more susceptible to scams more susceptible to injustice. That's the same in the first century. 
So Jesus tells this parable that, hey, this person is susceptible to injustice. This person is susceptible to a scam. And that's what's going on here. But this widow is completely unusual because this is a tough widow. It would be like today, this widow going and meeting this IRS quote-unquote agent and then just beating him over the head saying, you are unjust. Don't be doing this. You are a total scam. That's what this widow is doing. She is coming and claiming her rights to justice in a society that didn't recognize her power. She would be expected to be completely cowering before this male judge. But instead, she stands up for her own rights. See, Jesus does not highlight the cause of injustice. Christ does highlight her persistence, her determination, her constancy are laudable. She is heroic in this parable, in her endurance, in her pursuit of justice. And she doesn't give up. And so the parallel for the widows is that the the widows are like the disciples. Pray and don't give up. Like this widow who is completely challenging the powers that be. She's completely persistent. She's completely challenging this judge again and again and again. She is saying, hey, judge, I'm going to keep coming to you and coming to you and coming to you and coming to you until you give me justice. And then the judge says, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? She's going to come and wear me out. That term, actually, in the original language is kind of an aggressive, even a physical term. Like he feels like he's getting bounded. I kind of imagine it's like this little old lady coming up and like pounding on this really strong guy. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. And she's fighting for justice. Her prayer is a fight for justice. When I think about prayers for the world, how many times are our prayers for the world prayers about justice? God, bring justice to this place. God, bring freedom to these people who are oppressed. God, bring fair wages to the people who need wages. God, bring freedom from the oppression of human trafficking. Our prayers for the world are oftentimes prayers for justice. I had a chance to meet a guy who's a professor and teacher, but also a Christian activist in the world. His name is John Donahue. And he was a person working for many, many years in Asia, working in the arena of social justice, advocacy for the poor, economic development, And when he comments on this passage in his book about the parables of Jesus, 
what uh, John Donahue says is this. Luke, the gospel writer, understands that continual prayer is not simply passive waiting, but as the active quest for justice. When we come before God and we pray for the world, we are actively pursuing and calling down and praying for God's justice in the world. Prayer is not simply about passive waiting. Prayer is the active quest for justice in our world. Have you ever thought about that for your own prayers? I mean, just reflect a little bit on your own prayers. Are your prayers this active pursuit of justice in the world? Or sometimes when you pray, do you feel like, um, I don't know, my prayers are just kind of blah. Just kind of, just kind of, they're just sort of there. Could they be just kind of there, perhaps, because you're not actively, actively pursuing anything? What are you actively pursuing in prayer? See, when we pray, don't just fill up the time. Don't just pray out of routine or it's, it's something we've got to do. Pray for something significant. Pray for something real. Pray for justice. Pray for God's glory and God's kingdom to be seen in our world. Pray that down on our world. Because when you do that, we'll be praying like that other really famous prayer that Jesus taught. It's called the Lord's Prayer. It goes out like this. It goes, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your justice and your righteousness be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that prayer is. It's a prayer of justice. It's a prayer for goodness. It's a prayer for God's glory and freedom to be seen on the earth in our time, in our lifetime. These are the prayers that God calls us to. God, bring your justice on the earth. Bring your glory. Bring your rule. We can pray this. We can pray for God's justice in the world. So that's what we learn about the widow. The widow, she's analogous to the disciples, praying for God's justice to come into the world. But besides the widow, there's also the judge. And here, the parable gives us a parallel of the judge being like God. But now, in what way? And see, this is the part of the parable that I've been really puzzling about. It's important to slow down just a little bit to take a look at what, in, in what ways God is like the judge and in what ways God is not. The parable is not about God being like the judge in that the judge does not fear or respect God. The judge does not fear or respect other people. The judge is unrighteous versus God who is righteous. So in that way, God is not like the judge. But the parable is like God in this way. 
that God is being more than the judge. And that's, that's, a, that's something that Jesus actually does. That's a teaching uh, mechanism that Jesus teaches in his parable, that God is more than the judge. And what God is saying, what Jesus is saying, is that the unrighteous judge gave the widow justice. Will not then God give even greater justice? And the way that that's a teaching moment and the way that Jesus uses that is the same way that Jesus uses this talking about prayer in Luke chapter 11, just a few chapters before this parable. In this, Jesus is teaching about prayer and he says this, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, Will he give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? There's that line. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's a vehicle of teaching that Jesus uses here in the first century. If this, then how much more will God? In the parable before, hey, you fathers, you fathers are good. If, you're, if your kids ask you for an egg, something good to eat, will you give them a scorpion? No, of course not, because you're good. How much more than when you pray, if you pray for the Holy Spirit, will God bless you with his presence? How much more? And that's what we learn here, and Jesus is saying about, about the unrighteous judge. If even this unrighteous judge will bring justice to the widow, then how much more will God do it? And that's the great hope. And that's why we pray for the world, that God will do it. God who is just will bring justice. In a world that's overrun by injustice, locally, nationally, globally, God will bring justice. And that's the great hope. But also, it's for me, and maybe for you too, that's also, for me, the greatest challenge. Because when I look around on the world, I go, wow, there is a lot of injustice. God, how long? How long will we have to wait? How long? How long will God delay? It says he'll give them justice speedily. He says he's going to grant justice quickly. But when I look around, I wonder, God, when? In my lifetime? God, speedily means, I mean, I grew up in the microwave culture. God, speedily means like tomorrow. God, you know, that's the challenge, the delay. And that can be discouraging. And I think those early disciples were saying, God, when? When are you going to bring this? And that's why Jesus tells this parable, that they can pray and not lose heart because justice will come. Justice will come. If we ask the question of when, and I was asking the question when, I think we'd miss the main part of the parable. Because Jesus is not really 
talking about when. Jesus is more talking about how. How will we respond to injustice in the world? How will people respond? Will we pray? Will we exercise our faith and pray with constancy and commitment and endurance the way that the widow approached the judge? Will we lean into our faith and pray for justice and pursue God in prayer and pray for God's kingdom to come? Or will we get discouraged and give up? Will we hold on? Because that's what Jesus asks at the end. When the Son of Man comes, will he see faith? Will he see us exercising our faith and praying and enduring? Jesus is not asking when. He's asking how. How will we respond? Will he see faith? Let me offer these three, then, applications. These three practical applications for prayer in the world, and they're not exclusive, but here are three things. There are three things that we might want to do. First thing you might want to do this week as you're thinking about praying for the world is choose one issue. And this week, every day, pray for that issue. Read the news. See what's going on. And to pray for that issue. It might be a justice issue. It might be praying about human trafficking. You might pray for God's justice. You might even pray about your possible participation in that. You know, I'm so excited about uh, one of these life groups that's starting about anti-human trafficking. And praying as a church, how might we be involved in justice in our time, in our world, in our day? Pray for one issue and pray for God's justice and righteousness participation. You might instead, and this is the second thing, instead of praying for an issue, you might want to pray for a particular group of people in the world. You heard Jeff earlier mention about what was going on in Bangladesh. You might also want to pray about one particular people group. As praying about the persecution of the Christians in Egypt, in the Coptic church. And they're experiencing persecution there, in Egypt, the Coptic Christians. And if you don't know about them, the church in Egypt, the Christian church, has been one of the longest churches in the world. They, they trace their history The Christians in Egypt trace their lineage back to being evangelized by Mark, the disciple. As in the guy who wrote the gospel of Mark. That's their evangelist. And right now, the Egyptian Christians are experiencing all kinds of persecution. So you might want to pray for a particular people in the world. God might have laid a people on your heart. So this week, pray for them every day. Pray for these people. Or you might want to do something about praying for the world and bring it a little closer to home. It's a little bit of a different spin on this. But earlier this week, I've been having a lot of conversations with people about their workplace. Your workplace is also a part of the world. And you this week might, might want to pray for your world, which would be your workplace. I know some of us out here are working with bosses or managers 
that are really tough for us. Really tough. And you might want to pray for your world by committing to pray every day this week for your boss or your manager. I know there are other people I've been talking to the last couple of weeks who they manage a team of people who are really tough. There are some tough political things going on in your workplace. There are tough relational things going on right there in the world of your industry. So you might want to pray every day for those people on your team. You might pray, God, what does it look like for your kingdom to come and God, for your will to be done in my place of work? That's what I would challenge you to do. GRX, we're wanting to be a praying people. So this week, pray for another place in the world. Pray for other people in the world. Or you might want to pray for your world in your work. Now the worship team is going to come up in just a little bit. They're going to lead us in a couple more songs. I'd invite you to take your bulletin, if you want, uh, and write on the bulletin, what are some of your prayer requests for the world? You can put those in the offering bag when they come by, and then we're going to add those to our prayer banners here. There are prayers, our prayers for the world. With that, let me lead us now in a time for us to pray. Let me invite the worship team to come forward. Lord Jesus, we come before you to pray because we know that you are a God who loves the world. God, we know that you are a God of justice. And your word tells us in this parable of Jesus that you will bring justice to the world. So God, we trust that. God, we pray that your justice would come. Your righteousness would be seen. That your kingdom and your glory would be poured out here. We would see it. And God, we pray for our world. God, we pray for the things that we named in this service already. God, we pray and lift up what's going on in Liberia and other countries about the crisis in, uh, with Ebola. God, we pray for the health workers there. We pray for the hospitals. We pray for the nonprofits. God, we pray for your healing to be brought, God, to those suffering from that disease. God, we pray for the issue of justice in the arena of human trafficking. God, we lift up our local organizations and the global organizations. God, we pray for Bay Area anti-trafficking. We pray for their Freedom Summit upcoming in May. God, we pray that awareness would be raised. God, we pray that your justice would come. God, we pray that perpetrators would be brought to justice. God, we pray for the victims of trafficking. God, we pray for your healing to be poured out on the men and the women who are trafficked in our world. And God, I want to pray for us here at GRX as well, for our workplaces the world of our work where we spend so much time every week. And God, I want to pray for our bosses, our managers. Lift them up to you, God. God, I also want to pray for our coworkers and those that that report to us. And God, we pray for your justice, your grace, your truth to be poured out in those places as well. 
God, you know our hearts. You hear our prayers. Thank you, God. May you align our hearts with what you're doing in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.